Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Derek on Maui. Thank you for your show. I love it so much. Um, I'm calling today to ask you if you could just recommend the five or six measurements that you look at when you when you're looking at a stock and provides unbiased answers what do we look for if i'm looking at a dividend company i'm looking for consistency of earnings and dividends and profit margins invest talk over 32 million downloads and counting 888-99-CHART we have a live call right now let's go to jay in redwood city jay Thank you very much. I do listen to your show regularly, and I want to you know, thank you for sharing that with all of us. Thank you. I do have some uh, opposition with uh, CareDX, CDNA, stock symbol. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial, independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody. It is Wednesday, June 16, 2021. I want to welcome you to Invest Talk. And on today's program and podcast, we will operate with our same mission statement we do every day independent thinking and shared success. And so that's how we will make sure or how we ensure that we make the effort to be as straightforward and honest as we can with all the facts and figures we give you. And this is a call-in show. And you direct the show. You make it go in the direction you want it to go by your questions. So please call. 888-99-CHART is our number. We will make sure that all our market reporting, all our stock information, the numbers are as accurate as we can find them. And we will share that with you. And we do it all with no bias, one way or another. We don't have anything we're trying to sell. Not pushing any stock or mutual fund or ETF. No one pays us a thing. We don't do that. Many registered investment advisors do. You've got to be aware that they're pushing this or that, and they get fees for it. We don't. KPP Financial does not do that. I'm Steve Peasley, and I encourage you to contact me with your questions, your investment questions, or anything financial questions that you might have. And we can talk about insurance if you want. I have a, a large, a long background in insurance before. I'm about, I'm, I guess I worked in the insurance industry about 10, 12 years. You know, maybe 15. I don't even remember. That was my first career. Anyway, so anything you want to talk about, as long as it's financial, we'll get We'll go there. You can call us right now. We're live 4 to 5 Pacific time, Monday through Friday, 4 to 5 Pacific time, and we'll answer any of the questions. You can leave a question on our voice bank if you can't call while we're live. That's okay, too. We'll try to get to those questions as well. The number never changes. It's always the same, 888-99-CHART. So let's go ahead and get right to the first question. Hey, guys. I was just calling to ask what your thoughts were on Tesseco Mining Companies, the ticker's TGB. I was just wondering if now is a good time to sell or to hold or to buy more. seems like everybody thinks it's going to be turning up, but it seems like it's just sitting flat. I want to know what you guys think. Thank you. TGB. It's a small, very small company. Uh, selling for what? Two, uh, it's $2.13. When you have a company this small, you know, it can be extremely volatile. Uh, I'm not big uh, 
on keeping these kind of companies. If you have a good profit in it, take it, take them off the table. They're too risky. It's very high risk. So um, on, on Tesco Mines Limited, I think I would take my profit. It's got a, it was high as two dollars and oh, I'd say two dollars and a high uh, two dollars and sixty one cents. And today's at two thirteen as it's falling. I think I broke the fifty day moving average yesterday. Still traded below it again today. So I would probably take my profits and move on to another company. That's what I would do. My focus point today concerns this story. The $30 billion splash in the exchange-traded fund space. What does that mean? Let's talk about that. We'll get to it. Uh, it's the dimension funds. Are you familiar with the dimension funds? Well, we'll I'll talk about those as well. Um, they're a very interesting fund family. And what they do fits right into the ETF space much better than maybe other fund families. So we'll talk about it. My trivia question today will focus on credit scores. How can getting merit affect your score so that'll be coming up at the halfway mark of the show other topics that if we have the time i want to talk about uh, housing stats that came out this week kind of interesting um import prices how they you know we have we don't talk about those very much but i talk about them when they start to spike i see that we're spiking also um has software stocks corrected enough so that are we done with that correction, that space? Can we get back into them now? I'm going to talk about that. Um, and the new capital gains tax proposal that's doubling the capital gains, who will it affect? And it'd be surprised how it's going to affect a lot more people than you think, and it could be you. So we'll talk about those things as the show goes on. Uh, if time permits, the market was down today when the Fed fund, when the Federal Reserve came out and said, oh, we're not really going to change our position on our interest rates or our bond buying. But and that but is what got everybody. They said that they're going to be raising the rates probably two times by 2023 or in 2023. Well, they never said that before. And they said that the, the, the inflate, they think inflation, which is spiking now, is only transitory. It's going to go away. But the market didn't like their attitude. It's changed just slightly. That's all it did. That's all it took on the direction of interest rates in the future. Not now. They're leaving everything alone. And that scared the market. And that's why the Dow down 266, the NASDAQ down 33, and the SP down 23. You know, that, that's the only reason that is down. So, kind of interesting things going on there. Um, let's see. Uh, we are headed into the quick break right now. I'm going to see if I can get my software back up, and I will work on that. But I am here on duty and ready to take your questions. Call Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. The stock market is volatile. It's constantly changing. So how are you positioned? Is your portfolio properly balanced or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief Riskalyze quiz. The Investtalk phone lines are open and waiting for your questions. 888-99-CHART. 
Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Brett from New Jersey. Thank you for all that you do. I'm a loyal listener. I listen every day to and from work. I had a question about ticker symbol A-L-L-Y, Ally Financial. It's something I got into, you know, at the heart of COVID pretty much. Got in around the $13 range. I like that. They don't have any brick and mortar locations. And I thought that was going to be a good buy at the time. It's done very well for me. I trimmed my position, took a quarter of my investment out around $55, and it still continued to go up. Do you think I should continue to hold this? Should I trim more? Just trying to get your input. Thanks again. Bye-bye. Well, it's a good, solid company. It's big. It's almost $20 billion in size. They're going to make $6.56 this year after making only $3 last year. Next year, they're going to make six twenty-seven. go down a little bit. And it's a $52.95 stock now, $53, making $6.27. So that means your P.E. is what, uh, uh, eight and a half or so? And the range, five-year range, is five to 16 so it's at the lower end of the range. I don't know. I, I think you did the right thing in selling part of it. Excuse me. Looking at a chart, uh, you know, I kind of think you wait. It, the, I think you hold on to it. If it breaks $50 a share, I, I probably, you know, I don't think it's going to. I think it just is a little bit short of weakness right now. I think it because I think it's one of the if it what does it do? It loans money. Okay, it loans money for automotive financing products and customers in the United States. I think the economy's gonna turn around. I think their business is gonna grow. And they obviously have a pretty high estimate, almost double last year. So I think I think I'd wanna hold on to it, but don't be like you already took some profits. Uh, if it broke below 50, I'd probably take more profits, but I still would probably hold on to the stock because the fundamentals look very strong. Symbol A-L-L-Y, Alley Financial Inc. Okay, now, housing starts were at 1.57 million. That's the an average annual rate as of the May report. Uh, they expected it to be 1.6, and it was 1.52, so it was a little bit more than last month, but not as good as expected. But more importantly is permits, because that gauges for the future. And that was down a little bit too. It was 1.73 last month, and it's 1.68 million units this month. So still pretty healthy, but as I've said in the last couple of weeks, three weeks, it looks like housing is taking a pause. It might be because of the prices of housing, you know, but it looks like housing is peaking to me. And this kind of tells me that that might be so because it's not growing anymore. The number of permits is not growing anymore. It's not falling off very much. It's just kind of there. So I think that's important important to know. Okay. Um, import prices reported today up 1%. Now, there was uh, last month they were up one, eight tenths of percent. They expected to actually only be up seven tenths of percent this month, and it was up 1%. Now, I know that doesn't sound like big numbers, but really what you're trying to gauge is inflation. If import prices are going up 1% a month, that's 12% in a year. It's inflationary, isn't it? Now, it won't, go, it won't be like that consistently, but we're keeping an eye on inflation. That's a, a big problem if it 
is sustainable. Most experts says it's not. Most that say it's just going to be a passing thing. Hope they're right. I really do. Let's keep going. Let's go back to the voice bank area for our fresh question from 888-99-CHART. Hi, Stephen, Justin. This is Derek on Maui. Thank you for your show. I love it so much. Um, I'm calling today to ask you if you can just recommend the five or six measurements that you look at when, you, when you're looking at a stock, when you pull up the chart. What are the first like five or six measurements or indicators you're looking at to make the determination if this company is worthy of your investment dollars? Thanks again. I'm beginning to explore what these various measurements are, and uh, it would be helpful if I could know the, the few of them that you go to first to see if it's uh, worthy of your investment. Thank you so much. I'll listen for your answer on the podcast. Okay, first of all, you've got to separate uh, fundamentals from technicals. Technicals is looking at a chart, because you mentioned what are the five things in looking at a chart, and then you kind of indicated, well, you really want to know what the fundamentals that we look at are. So fundamentals always comes first. Those are the numbers of the company. What do we look for? I look for, if I'm looking at a dividend company, I'm looking for consistency of earnings and dividends and profit margins. Margins. Earnings. Profit margins, growth, if it's a dividend company, growth is not nearly as important as stability of sales and income, okay? And, uh, and the profit margins are staying. If I'm looking at a growth company, that's different. I want fast growth in sales, not necessarily profits, but at least sales got to be fast growth. What's fast growth? 25%, 30%, 100%. It's got to be in those kind of numbers. Can't be 5%, okay? It can't. Um, so you look at, on a growth company, you look at growth of sales, profit margin, notice that profit margin fits both growth and value, and, um, you know, and uh, barriers of entry is another one. How hard is it for competitors to come into the and take away market share from anybody? That applies to both value and growth stocks. So those kinds of things are what you look at. There's many other things depending on the industry. And it's always difficult. I can't just answer it. Just here's five things. Look at these. No, doesn't work that way. I wish it was that easy. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And for investors, the need to remain vigilant always, always is constant. The calendar says 2021, and we know there will be many more changes coming up. It's going to be volatile. So give me a call, 888-99-CHART. Look at the calendar. Summer is days away. Inflation is up. Personal income is down. Now, maybe more than ever, you've got to optimize your portfolio investments. To do that, you'll need the right information and a planning strategy adjusted for your situation. So, you'll have questions for Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. And the Invest Talk phone lines are open now. 888-99-CHART. Hi, I just want to know your thoughts on the stock BLDE. This is Blade. It's a helicopter company that is known for basically the Uber of the air. Thanks, Ken. Provides tanker transportation services, crude oil and petroleum products with a fleet of 55 vessels. Blade Air Mobility. Uh, they don't make money, never made money, and we don't buy stocks. Remember, we do not buy stocks that don't make money. Don't buy stocks 
that don't make money. That's the number one rule. Can you never, ever, ever do it? Sure, you can do it once in a while, but most of your portfolio has to be good, solid companies. Now, their sales in recent quarter were up 53% in December quarter, 44% in the recent quarter. There are $776 million companies, so pretty small, doing about $9 million in sales. Okay, but they're not going to make money this year. They're not going to make money next year. They're going to lose money. Uh, they've lost money all every year for as far as we can see. They're a fairly new company. came out in December 2019, and there is absolutely no reason for you to buy this company. There's no reason to own a company like this. Now, can it go up? Yeah, it's now at a new 52-week high, you know, at $11.22. Is it worth it? No. Can it keep going up? Sure. But it can fall just as fast. I mean, it got up to $20, fell down to $6, now back up to $11. That was over what period of time? Uh, how many months was that? One, since April. Okay, so we're talking about you know, a very, very risky company. I wouldn't do it. Stay away from these kind of companies. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Okay, um, uh, Dimension Funds. You, you, I don't know if you've heard them, but Dimension Funds are known for their leveraged ETFs. Um, in other words, 200%, 300% leverage on the short side and the long side, being selling short the market or going long. They have other funds as well. Well, what they are doing, what they've just done with their other funds, not the leveraged ones I noted, um, is that they they uh, converted $31 billion worth of mutual funds into ETFs. Okay, so the instantly places dimension among the 15 largest ETF issuers out there. They did that on Monday, by the way. Okay, uh, so they took a, a handful of their funds, and it was a U.S. small cap, U.S. equity, U.S. core equity, U.S. target targeted value, those funds, and converted them to ETS. Now, why would they do that? Well, ETS are getting more and more popular. These types of funds that they have are more index kind of funds, and they so there's no reason, there's no trading really going on in these funds. Uh, there's really not much management, so why not? You know, um, they're, they're not. They're, it, ETFs are much more popular. You can trade with them during the day. People like them. Uh, mutual funds are more difficult because you can only trade once a day at the NAV with the value at the end of the day. So there wasn't a lot of, you know, compelling reasons to do it. But marketing reasons, I could see a good uh, number of market reasons to do it. And that's exactly what they did. So, dimension funds. If you if you have do you ever had any, you'll know what I'm talking about. Dimension funds, again, they they are known for their leveraged funds, two, three hundred percent up or down and in the indexes. So you can short the market by buying one of their ETFs that shorts the market. If I move fast, I might be able to squeeze in another one. 888-99-CHART. Hi, guys. I just want to get your opinion on restoration hardware, ticker symbol RH. Thank you. Okay, RH, restoration hardware. They've been around a long time. Uh, operate 66 retail stores, 39 states in Canada, offering hardware, 
bathware, furniture, and light, lighting. They've always made money for years now. And they're going to, they made $17.83 in 2021. 2022, they're going to make $22. In 2023, $25 per share. It's a $657 stock. So you can tell that's like, what, uh, 30 PE-ish? 30? And the five-year range is 60 to 58. Is 30 all expensive? Well, the sales growth in last quarter was 78%. Quarter before that, it was 22%. Quarter before that, it was 25 so the sales growth is kind of justifying the very high, uh, the, the pretty high P.E. ratio. Management owns 33% of the company, but they also carry a lot of debt. The stock, the stock has done nothing but go up in recent months. So I, I think it's a little expensive. I need to wait for a pullback. R.H., registered uh, uh, in the retail home furnishing business. Having a good credit score makes borrowing money at reasonable rates easier. You may have wondered if a change from single to married affects your credit score. So as we go to break, here's my two-part trivia question. After marriage, will your credit report be merged with your spouse? And will you lose your credit history if you change your last name? After break, I'll supply the answer. But for now, my phone lines are open. I encourage you to give me a call, 888-99-CHART. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in, patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team 
addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. Tell your friends and family members about the free Invest Talk podcast downloads. Let them know they can choose an episode that covers their topic of interest. Download free anytime at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or investtalk.com. Okay, I asked a quick trivia question before the break, and uh, the question was after marriage, after marriage, will your credit report be merged with your spouse's? And will you lose your credit history if you change your last name? So getting married is a pretty big deal, right? A pretty big milestone in everybody's life. Uh, but what does it do financially on your credit? Will your credit report be merged with your spouse? The answer is no. Your credit report isn't merged with your spouse after marriage. The credit bureaus don't have a so-called married credit report. Your credit report is unique to you and follows you. Will you lose your credit history if you change your last name? No. Changing your last name doesn't erase your credit history. But you probably get new credit cards in your new last name, but on your report, you'll see both names, both your previous name and your new name on your report. So don't do your credit is good for you. Okay, so... Uh, a couple other questions. Will a spouse's bad credit affect you? Well, that depends because credit reports are stored and maintained at the individual consumer level. Your spouse's bad credit does not have influence over your credit reports and credit scores. But what if you're getting a loan in both your names? They'll look at both credit scores. Do you have to apply for new credit with your spouse? No, unless you want to. You can. So... You will automatically be added to your spouse's accounts, by the way. No, it, you will not. No, that's not going to work either. So those are some of the answers of that. 888-99-CHART. We have a live call right now. Let's go to Jay in Redwood City. Jay. Yes, good afternoon, Steve. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for the call. I do appreciate it. Thank you very much. I do listen to your show regularly, and I want to you know, thank you for sharing that with all of us. Thank you. I do have some uh, opposition with uh, CareDX CDNA stock symbol, and uh, wanted to know if it's a good move to be able to, you know, get some more or you know, get some advice from you. Okay, this this is CareDX develops diagnostic surveillance products used to monitor or gain transplant recipients. Okay, uh, it's an eighty-eight dollar stock, and they're they're going to lose money this year. 
They made 23 cents last year per share. This year they're going to lose 34 cents a share, and next year they're going to lose 3 cents. So this is purely on the sales growth because their sales growth is pretty dynamic. The last quarter, their sales grew 76%. The quarter before that, 64%. Before that, 58% of that. Before that, 33%. So their sales growth is accelerating, but they're still not making any money. So there's really no way to know if $88.70 a share is way overpriced or not. I think it's way overpriced because they don't make any money. So there's no way to say, well, you know, that, you know, this company is worth X dollars. Well, not based on its earnings, but sales, this is a typical growth company where they have lots of sales growth. At some point, that was sell, that was stop, the huge growth. But at that point, they should be making money. And that's where you can really determine if the value is overvalued or undervalued. I wouldn't buy more. It's too risky. It's too high price right now. I would probably be prone to take profits, not maybe sell all of it, but I'd take some off the table. Thanks for the call, Jay. Appreciate it. Let's go to Jacob in New York City. He wants to talk about inflation. Jacob. Hey there. I uh, really enjoy the podcast. Thank uh, you. Calling uh, now, listening to the Fed minutes, and, or rather the FOMC announcement and the Jerome Powell, Powell press conference, basically wondering with now a, an update um, to the dot plot and in addition to now inflation expectations rising, um, kind of curious why the precious metals are dropping and if this is short term and we're expecting a long term uh, gain for the precious metals and what does that time horizon look like until we see an increase in the precious metals particularly silver and gold well that's a good observation because they have been dropping uh, and you would think with inflation going up wouldn't wouldn't that mean that uh Gold and silver would go up because inflation, because that's what they're tied to. Okay, so why isn't that? Why isn't that? Why isn't gold and silver going up when the Fed admits that the that deflation is is upticking? Well, I I, I would submit two two reasons. <coughs> Excuse me. One is the Fed and all the experts are saying that this is just a short term spike in inflation. It's going to come right back down. They're saying that. Number two. Did you see the dollar today? It really spiked up. So gold and silver react to both inflation and the dollar. And the, the gold and silver have been reacting and saying, looks like the dollar is strengthening and it jumped up today uh, compared, you know, compared to, you know, what, you look, take a look at a chart of UUP, for instance, and that's an ETF for the dollar. And you can see that it looks like it's bottomed and it looks like it's starting to rise and it had a big update today and that drives gold and silver prices down. So why would the dollar go up? Because the Fed says, hey, eventually we're going to raise interest rates. Eventually. 2023. To me, that's pretty far down the road, year and a half plus. And so um, I have a feeling it's temporary. I think we're going to see uh, the government's going to spend more money, and I think you're going to see inflation kind of be at an elevated level for a while. I do think that I, I know I sold part of my gold position a couple months ago, but I'm still in gold and silver. I would hold on to them if I were you. Jacob, good observation. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. 
888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. That's our number. You can call and ask any question you want as long as it's financial. So has software stocks corrected enough that it'd be time to get back into them or put add, add to them or whatever? Is that is that okay? And I'm going to submit to you that tech stuff, the ETF I'm, I was looking at, IGV, uh, is up 15% since May 11th. So maybe tech stocks are starting to rise again. I'm, I'm not there. I'm not on board with that yet. But I did note that they're starting to get strengthened from the last month or so. But they're still at very high levels based on 2022 and 2023 expected earnings. So the P-E ratios, earnings per share, and making the P-E ratio, it's still very, very high. And I, I, they need, I think they need to come back more. I don't see any major catalysts for tech stocks. Do they have a, you know, some huge new paradigm going? Is there some, you know, maybe artificial intelligence, new iPhone or Galaxy phone or some other phone that is 100%, you know, uh, voice activated or something? You know, what's the, what is the catalyst? What is another catalyst to drive more and more products and more and more profits and i just i'm not i haven't i don't see anyone any of them out there yet in that space so they don't have a growth accelerator that i see in their companies now maybe maybe there's one area that is the exception and that could be in cloud computing okay so I, I, that's possible that there, but I'm just telling you, I think that there's tech is still overpriced. It doesn't mean it can't keep going up because I think they got really insane and has been doing that for a number of years. And so, so they can come back, but I just don't think they're ready yet. Even though they've had a nice, a nice little pullback and now a return right up to the old highs. Will they break those old highs? and on to new highs. They have to have some reason to do that. Now, the reason could be, well, the economy's turned around. Well, to me, that's more of a reason for basic materials and commodities and industrial stuff, not, not tech stuff. Anyways, that, that's, uh, I think that's what we're looking at. You know, if any expert or any proposed or proponent uh, or pundit of the market tells you something's going to happen, always take that with a grain of salt. And you notice when I say I think this is going to happen, I pretty much put a lot of caveats. Well, you know, I never say this is going to happen. I've been around too long and suffered too many mistakes by saying that. I can tell you what I believe. I can tell you that I think the odds are good, but I can't tell you it's going to happen. So I don't see a lot of catalysts for tech stocks. That doesn't mean there won't be, but I don't see any yet. So I don't think they've got a lot of room on the upside currently. It's an opinion, not a fact. But beware. The more caller questions we get uh, and we can fit into the podcast, the better. Your learning experience will be better as well. So let's play another question from the Talk Voice Bank, 888-99-CHART. 
Hey, this is Nathan. I had a question for the Invest Talk gang. My wife just got a new position at a company called Gartner, and the ticker symbol is IT. And I was just wondering what y'all thought of the stock, because she has a stock program where she can get it. I believe it's only like 5% off, but I think it would be a good idea to kind of just pick some of those up just for maybe savings and all that. But yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. Gardner Inc., probably not a well-known name, but it's a big company, $20 billion, provides information technology, market research, and advisory services to clients in over 100 countries. So it's international, big company. They they have made money every year, as far as I have data to go back. They're going to make $6.42 this year. After making $4.89 last year, they're going to make $6.23 next year. So it's going to go up. 30% 30% this year and then on down 3% next year. It's a $233 stock, going to make $6.23. So you're, you're talking about well, 40 something PE, 40 ish. And that's its high of this five year range. The range of the PE is 17 to 44. So it's right near its high. Has great return on equity, 43%. Has great cash flow. Uh, um, management owns 4% of a $20 billion stock, which is pretty darn good. Uh, if you can buy the stock at a discount, I generally, as an employee, I would do it. I would do it. I, I, I look at it as even if the stock goes down, I still look at it as free money. They're giving you a discount. Uh, from what discount to the, to the retail price. Usually it's a 10 or 15% discount. If you're getting that, do it. If you're not getting it, if you're not getting it, then I would be more hesitant about buying it at this high level. Doesn't mean I wouldn't do it. I'd rather see you buy it at 200 instead of 233 because that's a gap that had jumped up and charts tend to fill the gap. And I know I probably lost some people on what I said there, but that gap starts at 200 and I would much rather you buy it down there. So if you don't have to buy it real quick, you might wait because summertime might give you a better opportunity. Okay. Chris from New York, hang on, you'll be next on Invest Talk. There is good news for loyal Invest Talk listeners, their friends, and families. Steve and Justin have recorded a special bonus podcast. Been listening for a while and have got some great advice. This free podcast is available for download anytime. Typically, each day and night, the Invest Talk call center receives more voicemail questions than Steve and Justin can fit into a live show format. Hi, guys. Big fan of the show. So in the bonus program, caller questions will be played back from our voice bank and answered with brief, unbiased, and helpful responses. I think for like the next 10 years, commodities are going to be doing very well. It's in the money. You probably just want to sell it. It's a fast-paced learning podcast for the average investor. Absolutely love your show. It's free, so be sure to tell your friends. It can be downloaded now at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and investtalk.com. Look for Rapid Fire Hour. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Let's go talk to Chris in New York. How you doing, Chris? Good, Steve. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I was looking at the two stocks. wanted to get your opinion on them. I was looking to add one to my portfolio. Um, the first one is Baidu, uh-huh. ticker B-I-D-U. Right. And the second one is Trimble, ticker T-R-M-B. Well, Baidu is a Chinese company. Uh, it is a Chinese provider of Internet search targeted online advertising, which is the Google of China, right? Uh, so that's yep. what they do. Um, 
they've made money and made money for a long, long time, and it looks like they're going to make more money in the future. They're going to make eleven dollars and fifty-nine cents next year. It's a hundred and eighty-four dollar stock, so it's around. Uh, what do we say? Oh, 15, 18, 17 PE. And that's right in the middle of its range. So it's neither cheap nor expensive. Okay, so I think personally, I, I kind of like the play. It got up to $354 in what? Uh, back at the beginning of the year. And now here it is at 184. I I I feel like you know even though it's expensive, it's still growing sales. You know, starting to reaccelerate now. It was up thirty five percent last quarter, and if you but if you wait till it gets up to you know fifty percent growth and sixty percent growth again, you know the move you all miss the move. So when do you buy it? You buy it when it's cheap. Well, cheap meaning cheap to itself. You know. Because it's the Baidu, it's the Google, it's the only one that d- dominates that space in China. And if they let it make money, like they have been, this stock is going to go back up to $340. Now, how when, how fast, I don't know. But I kind of I kind of like the play. I kind of like the Chinese play at this stage. I, I do. I think it might be something you might want to get into. Okay. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. And our, continue, our work will continue right after this break, by the way. The questions are always welcome. All questions are welcome, as long as they're financial. 888 99 charts. You are listening to Invest Talk. Every Friday on the program and the podcast, Steve Peasley shares highlights from the newest edition of the KPP Premium Newsletter. Listen Fridays to Invest Talk. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls and questions. 888-99-CHART. This is Daniel from Pueblo, Colorado. I have a question about tips. I share bonds. I'd like to know what you think about buying the exchange-traded funds, the ETF, bond funds, or is it better to buy the bonds directly? And is there an advantage either way? I'll take your answer on the podcast. Thanks so much. Bye now. So TIPS are Treasury Inflation Protected Bonds. It's an, And he's talking, looking at TIP, which is an ETF, an ETF seeking performance corresponding to the Barclays U.S. Treasury Inflation Protected Securities Index. Is there a difference between buying the actual bonds or the ETF or bond fund? Yes, there is. Uh, the, the difference is that when you buy the, the ETF or bond fund, they sell at net asset value of the value of the bonds inside. Whereas you buy the bond fund directly, you can hold it to maturity, and you don't really care if it goes up and down in value. You'll always get your money back. Now, just as a reminder, a tip is pays a rate, and it adjusts up and down every six months or so based on inflation. Inflation goes up, their rate will be more. Inflation goes down, they reduce the rates. Right now, the base rate is very low or negative, I think, right now. But the inflation, when you add that to it, 
inflation gets involved higher and higher and higher, you'll begin higher and higher, higher rates. And they, that's why they call them inflation protected. They protect the bonds from inflation. Okay? They don't protect it from interest rates going up or down, but inflation. So, yeah, there is a difference. So try to learn the difference before you invest. 888-99 chart. Um, okay, there, there's a proposal for a new capital gains tax and almost doubling the current tax, and I doubt that it's going to pro- pass as is, but there's a lot of pressure to raise capital gains tax. And, of course, they, the, as, typical, as typical of the government, every time they raise a tax, they always say, oh, it's going to be a tax on the rich, but it ended up, end up not being a tax on the rich. I'm going to give you an example of this tax. They say that it's not going to be, uh, this is a pros to doubling tax, that it, it, it's not going to be on anything over a million dollars if you make uh, anything under a million dollars. You make under a million dollars a year, you will, you will not suffer this capital gains tax increase. That's what they say. Well, think about it this way. What about the income from selling a, your highly appreciated home? California, they have... Single-family homes, 2,000 square feet for more than a million dollars. So there's many properties that if you are in approaching retirement, you spend all your life paying off your mortgage, and the property really skyrockets, and now you want to retire, and your main, your main investment is that home. You sell it. If you have more than a million dollars capital gains, you're going to have to pay 40%. Now, of course, they haven't passed it, so we don't know exactly how that's going to work. But you're not rich. You're not the quote-unquote rich. You're not. You just have a very expensive property that you're living in. It's not even a mansion. It's just a house, a regular house. My nephew bought a house in San Jose a few years ago for $1.4 million. It was built in the 60s. It was about 1,300 square feet in downtown or in the center city area of San Jose the heart of the Silicon Valley area. I mean, that's not rich, <laughs> you know, but the house is super expensive. And in the two or three years since, it's gone up two or $300,000. So, you know, we got to keep an eye on what these capital gains. I have, I've been around a long time, and every time I hear them say, well, these increases are only for the rich. If they really want to tax the rich, what they should say is not not the high income earners. Don't don't ta- tax more the high income earners. Tax the wealthy. Anybody has over a hundred million dollars, tax them. Tax them. Give them. Do a wealth tax. What happened to that idea? They don't do that. They just want to tax income. Well, that's this way the billionaires don't have to pay anything. Anyway. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. Justin Klein, I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast. We appreciate that. Uh, you know, you can download the podcast from, through Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, investtalk.com, and you can browse by topics, as we've been saying for a while. 401ks, cryptocurrency, treasure yields, real estate, growth stocks, any one of those things. Independent thinking, share success, and thanks for listening, everybody, to Invest Talk. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, 
It's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line.